0: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. Every week we have in person church. I record a special podcast version of the Sunday sermon. And I hope you've been enjoying our Elephants in the Room series. And we use this term to refer to topics and problems and people that are so obvious, yet no one wants to address it. And there are a number of hot topics that we don't talk a lot about in church life, and we've been talking about them. We've gone over suffering and evil. We've gone over end times and politics and miracles. And you can catch up on all of those in our previous episodes of the podcast. And it's interesting how you could be in church for a long time and never hear about any of these. And why is that? Well, It's difficult, it's not popular. We've talked about this, you know. A huge one is is it takes maturity and humility to love and serve someone I disagree with or have a difference of opinion uh, with. And so we just often don't talk about our disagreements. But I believe we can find hope in the midst of tricky topics. And we're learning not to just defeat these big topics and these elephants in the room, but we're learning to walk with them and seeing how God uses them to show us more of Him and grow us and uh, it's so good. So as with every other week, we start off with our rules, and they are what we call our five rules for wrestling an elephant, and they are, number one, we always point to Jesus. We want to point to him. Number two is we don't aim to just be right. We aim to love. Number three is we trust God, and we learn to live with tension. There are going to be tension topics in life. There are going to be things where we just have to trust the Lord. It's like we're in a trust fall, and we have to trust him, and he is worthy of our trust. Our trust isn't baseless. No, it's reasonable. It's based upon God's character, the the surety of His Word. Uh, so we got to trust Him. Uh, number four is we don't be lazy. There might be a topic that you're really interested in. Go and find it. Go and dig in the God's Word. Do some study. Don't just read a two lines of a Wikipedia page or see a TikTok and think that you're an expert. No. Come on, let's go and dig into God's Word. And number five is don't do it alone or just on YouTube, which is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of comment, but we don't really want to just fall into this habit of going down the YouTube rabbit hole, the Instagram rabbit hole, and thinking that everything we're we're consuming there is giving us all the right answers. You don't know who's on the other side of it. And that's why the Lord has called you to live in a context, in the body of Christ, you know, with pastors, with faith friends who help you, help keep you balanced and help keep you on the right track. So we want to make sure we live in the family of God, not just stuck in a study down a YouTube rabbit hole. So today, our last elephant in the room for now because we could really go on forever and ever and we might bring this back from time to time, maybe address some new elephants in the room as we're going on. I get texts from people saying, hey, what about this topic, that topic? But we have got to stop at some point. Uh, And today's elephant is a big one. I I would say it's probably the biggest one. And um, we've even had some people trying to guess what today's topic would be because we didn't want to give it away. But I want to talk about the elephant of... Sin. Uh oh. Dun dun dun. Here we go. Mathus, son of Deuteronomy of Gath. Do I say yes? Yes. Yes. You have been found guilty by the elders of the town of uttering the name of our Lord, and so as a blasphemer. You are to be stoned to death. Look, I had a lovely supper, and all I said to my wife was, that piece of halibut was good enough for Jehovah. Oh! Yes for me! He said it again! Gotta love a little bit of Monty Python to break the ice. Classic one there. You can just look at that Monty Python stoning scene or something. It's pretty funny. Uh, we played it in church uh, on Sunday just to kind of you know, loosen the mood a little bit. But I wanted to play that clip because that's what we're not doing today. Uh, we're not about to start stoning each other for our sins, all right? So take a deep breath, um, because we all struggle with sin. And can we just agree on that today? Everyone listening to this podcast, everyone at church on Sunday uh, has this thing in common, and that is we have sin struggles from time to time. And if And if you don't, well, feel free to levitate out of your chair right now and, and fly over to my house and tell me how you do it. But it's, it's strange that sin can become an elephant in the room when we all struggle with it. In fact, it's been a bit of a thing in our type of church to never really talk about sin, you know, because it's all about grace and we don't want to judge people. But here's the thing, it's, it's, it's not judgment if it's what the judge says, you know. <laughs> and, and the Bible has a lot to say about sin and particularly those who continually live in willful sin, and the consequences of people who live like that are pretty big. So please hear me out today as a pastor who loves you, particularly if you're a member of Everyone Church. You know, we Maria and I love you guys, and we care more about your eternal destiny and your ability to live out all that God has for you than your personal comfort. Okay, so we're going to talk about sin today. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm going to start stoning people publicly. No way, uh, because I would be first in line. I would be. And when I read the Bible, in particularly the New Testament, um, I see church leadership addressing sin issues in the church a lot. How about this crazy one from the Apostle Paul? Uh, which would likely have been read out to the whole church. Okay, now picture this. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Now, imagine how church... Felt that morning. <laughs> Talk about an elephant in the room, right? It's like, uh-oh. uh oh. Now, I'm not here to do that, okay? Uh, but I do want to address this elephant in the room because God hates sin, and sin can destroy your life, and sin can determine your eternal destination. And sin is the very reason that Christ had to give his life on the cross, and sin can destroy your marriage, sin can destroy this church sin can destroy your legacy for generations. Ravi Zacharias said, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. The sad irony of Ravi Zacharias saying this is that after he passed away in 2020, we've learned of his huge sin problem, sexually abusing hundreds of women, ruining his legacy and reputation. So sin is a big deal. And here's the other thing about sin. The Christian, please hear me today. Sin has no power over you. you know, I've been saying you know, what sin can do. Sin can ruin your marriage. Sin can ruin our church. But I say the word can because it doesn't have to. Because of all that God has done through Jesus, you have a choice today. And the scripture gives us steps and principles to live by that help us live free from the power of sin. Listen to this scripture in Romans chapter 6. Now, I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, okay? Be a bit of an audio Bible. But the reason why is because it's not me who convicts you of sin. It's the Holy Spirit, and it's God's Word. You know, sin is not based upon culture or churchisms. No, it's based upon God's Word, okay? That's where our standard is. So let's read this scripture in Romans chapter 6 and allow it to read us a little bit. It says this, starting from verse 10. When he, Jesus... Died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Verse 12 Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead. But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. That's our do's and don'ts. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Amen. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 16. Oh yeah, sin can ruin your life if you allow it to. And a person without Christ has no choice. A non-Christian is spiritually dead and their sin will inevitably destroy them. But you, But you, Christian, if you have Christ in you, you have an option. Now, I'm not talking about the option to just go on sinning and not think about it and live arrogantly under what you perceive to be grace and just apologize to God every day. No, I'm talking about the option to really live free, free from guilt, shame, and enslavement to sin. And you live free, not just emotionally or in your conscience. No, you live free because God gives you the option to change the way you live please hear this today. When you're not in Christ, when you're not a Christian, you're spiritually dead. You can't not sin. But when you accept Christ, you are spiritually alive, and the Holy Spirit is in you. And that means you can't go on sinning. It's not in your DNA anymore. And I've seen many Christians who live in a sinful state and situation, and myself included, and, and we think that God's grace is just a free pass to do what we want with no consequences. And those scriptures say that you actually become a slave to what you obey. So this brings about some big questions, and I want to go through them quickly today. Number one is, what actually is sin? Like, really, really? And number two is, can a real Christian continue to live in sin? I think that's an important question. Number three is, what can I do to live free of sin's power in my life? okay, because we all struggle from time to time. So let's start with the first. Number one, what actually is sin? Like really, really, not just culture or churchisms, because there are three main words used in scripture to define sin. Number one is iniquity, uh, which is evil behavior. Another one is transgression, which is breaking trust with God. And then there's the word sin, which really means to miss the mark. In basic terms, we are made in the image of God, right? So sin is to not live up to to that image, and also to treat others below that image. So it's before God and before others as well. In many ways, it's self-deception. It's rooted in our desires and selfish urges, and it causes us to act for our own benefit at the expense of others. And it leads to a chain reaction of relational destruction, starting with our relationship with God. So we know that in Jesus, we are forgiven. We are forgiven of our sin, our iniquity, and our transgression. So that brings me to our second question, and that is, can a real Christian continue to live in sin? And I believe that the, the scriptural answer is no, and the key word there is continue to live in sin. In fact, the Bible shows us this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 to 10. Let's read this together. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in Him. Verse 6, anyone who continues to live in Him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know Him or understand who He is. Verse 7, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Wow, that's a big one, right? So, you may say, oh, but Simon, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I love Jesus. I trust him. I've given my life to him, but I just can't help it. Or I keep stuffing up, but I've tried and tried again, and I really struggle with sin. I, you don't understand my current living situation. I, my circumstances have left me here, and I can't just flip a switch and change everything. I get it. I get it. I do. Uh, me too. Me too. So let's address this final question, and that is, What can I do to live free of sin's power in my life as a Christian? Now, we don't want to slip into this works-based Christianity that is filled with fear and worry because we are free from law and we live under grace and we could never earn our own righteousness. So here are a few things that I believe scriptures show us that we can practically live by, and they all start with S, which is super, super, super. Number one is we need to surrender to Jesus. It says in James chapter 4, verse 5 to 10, it says, Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be a sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Wow. Now, there's not many modern churches in the Western world that are going to preach big sermons about having tears of sorrow (laughs) for what they've done, right? Um, The point here is that we need to give all that we are to Him. We need to surrender to Him. Sin struggles really start and end with pride and a lack of surrender. And the first thing we need to do is give our lives to God. The Christian life is lived from the inside out. It starts with a surrender to Him, knowing that he is God, I am not, knowing that I cannot get my life right with God any other way but through Jesus. And it is in surrender that I release control to him. It says in Galatians 5.16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So let God guide my life, not my pride, not my excuses, not my past, not my trauma. You know, we live in a world that elevates self and elevates experiences and blames everyone else for, the, for our sin and, and gets mad at God when we don't get what we want. <laughs> we must surrender to him. It starts with you and the Lord, but it doesn't end there, which brings, brings me to number two, and that is we need to shine a light on our struggles. So we need to surrender to God, surrender to Jesus. And number two is we need to shine a light on our struggles. The worst thing you can do with your sin struggle, is hide it. We must eliminate secret sin from our life. You know, Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, the first thing that they did was hide from God. In Genesis 3, 8, you can read about it. And they hid because they were afraid. They hid because they'd sinned, right? And Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, of course, we need to confess our sin to God. Absolutely. But remember here, God uses the people around me to help achieve his purposes within me. I'm I'm not saying that you need to, to run around telling everybody your deepest, darkest struggles, but you do need to find someone Someone that you love and trust and bring it to the light, please bring it to the light. One of the biggest lies we have perpetuated in the church is that the sin is like just between me and God, it's personal. It's, it's I'm not telling anyone. In fact, I believe that it is when you bring it to the light that it loses its power. You know, when I was a kid, we used to live in this um, like fibro house and we had an external garage and had heaps of mice. And I remember my dad, he would open the garage door in the morning. And as soon as the light shone in the garage door, the mice would just flee, like hundreds of them just gone in a second, right? And that's what happens when you confess your sin to someone, when you put light on it. Uh, And you might say, oh, well, Simon, I told someone and they told other people. Well, maybe you told the wrong person, okay? Or Simon, I told my connect group leader, and then they told the pastor, and now I, I've been stepped down from leadership. Well, that may be the case in other places. I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for them. But let's not make that the case in every one church. Let's be a church where struggles are not hidden, and struggles are not judged, and struggles are not gossiped about, and confession is not ammo for manipulation, and control. No, no. Look, and there are times where you will need to stop doing stuff if you're, if you're in a leadership position so that you can heal, so that you can get your life right and in order. But let's not think we need to be perfect for God to use us either, right? Find a good faith friend who you love and trust and share your struggles, not just to glorify them, but to move forward. Say, man, have an accountability partner. Have somebody who's who asks you, hey, how are you going with this area of your life? So surrender to Jesus. Number two is shine a light on your struggles. And number three is supplement your faith. So surrender, shine, and supplement. Now, this is a big one that we often forget about. Let's read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. He says this in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Verse 8 The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 But those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. It says, Supplement your faith add to it, support it. When we become Christians, uh, it is by faith alone, right? It's in a moment. Our sins are forgiven by faith in Jesus, okay? But we mature and we grow and we step into freedom, living free day by day with supplements, with support with addition, with knowledge, little by little, right? Don't just think that you'll conquer your sin struggles by just believing, like, I'm just going to believe more and more. I will not sin today. No. God has given you supplements that will help you grow. Reading the Bible, prayer, worship, self-control, knowledge, uh, patient endurance, these type of things. Worship the church, Connect groups. Come on, feed your spirit, man. Starve the flesh, I say. And and this works both ways too. We just read in verse 8 and 9. It says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful your your life will be. But then it says in verse 9, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. This is the hard part of the long walk with Jesus in some ways, and because we see many Christians who slowly deteriorate in their faith. By failing to use support. It's not a moment that makes a Christian fall away. It's little by little. It's offense by offense. It's unforgiveness by unforgiveness. It's bad doctrine by bad doctrine. It's secret sin by secret sin. And soon it becomes broken relationship by broken relationship falling apart. Come on. So let's walk free of this elephant in the room. Amen. Let's surrender to Jesus. Let's shine a light. On our struggles and let's supplement our faith. Let me close with this last scripture in Romans chapter five. I know we've read a lot of longer scriptures today, but I want you to hear the scripture, not just my thoughts. It says in Romans five verse seven to eleven: "But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation." For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Verse 11, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. It's beautiful to know that God loves us and despite our struggles, he he loved us first. He didn't love it, love you and give his life for you once you figured things out, once you added supplements, once you confessed your sin to someone. No, no. He died for you before you knew him. He died for you when you were his enemy. Like, have you been struggling with this elephant in the room of sin? Have you got things in your life that you're like, man, I just can't get over this. Like, I'm just really struggling with this. Do you have a sin struggle? Do you need to surrender your life to him again? Well, do it knowing that he gave his life for you when you were... At the worst of the worst, he gave his life for you. And he can restore your friendship with God in a moment of trusting in him. And we got to come to him, surrender to him, confess to him first and foremost. Amen? So what I'd love to do as we close today is I want to pray a prayer out loud. And if you want to pray this to God, maybe you need to surrender yourself to him. You know, before you start, you know, talking to others and figuring that out, you need to start with with you and God. In this moment, I know you're hearing my voice here, but it's between you and Him. So I'm going to pray this prayer out loud, and I want you to say this to Jesus as a fresh commitment of surrender and believing in Him and giving your life to Him. Come on, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today, and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again, and today, I receive by faith your forgiveness and your friendship, and I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to help you on that journey because you know you're, you're meant to do this with others, not just alone. Uh, we'd love to send you a Bible. We'd love to you know get you in a connect group, particularly if you are you know interested in everyone church come and visit us on a Sunday come and be with us in person and we'd love to help you on that journey of getting to know him amen amen well I hope you've enjoyed our series all six parts so far if you've missed one make sure you check it out and we might get into some more later but for now we're going to put the elephants to sleep hopefully we were just enough of them to keep us going for a while and I hope you have an amazing amazing week and we hope to see you soon be blessed